0: Hello and welcome finally back to the Christian Nerd of Godcast. My name is Scott Higa, I'm the Christian Nerd, and along with me, as always, for this wonderful crossover endeavor is my friend and yours, though he's my better friend than yours, Tony T from Nerd of Godcast. What's up,
1: Tony? It's not really a contest, Scott. I feel like there's enough of my friendship to go around, sir.
0: Well, yeah, but my I had a recent episode about competition, and so... We all know that's just <laughs> how it is. And then you mentioned it in your new Facebook group, the Nerd of God Squad, which, if you want to get, how do people get added to that, Tony?
1: All they have to do is just find it on Facebook and knock on the door. You don't even need a secret password. If you on,
0: knock on the door. Are there shenanigans? Like, Are we going to do the whole
1: thing? Like, this is opening up a very special dun, musical dun, episode.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Three's company, Three's 2. company, too. Okay, my doctor And then there's out. the next the next part where nobody knows the line. Da, da, yeah, and I was I don't think I I think that was on the I think that was on the no fly list. I don't think I could watch that. Also, I wanted Yeah, I don't think I wanted to watch it. So
1: was... uh, we watched it all the time when I was a kid, and yeah. I never really realized that the whole thing was just all innuendos. I mean, not even thinly veiled ones. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only thing thinly veiled were the the female co-stars' supportive undergarments.
0: <laughs> it wasn't innuendo, Turner. They're just like, hey, Janet, do you want to have sex? Sure, let's do it. I mean, that's not really innuendo. What a time to be alive, what the late 70s. What a time to be alive. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, it's good to be back. <laughs> company aside, how are you, Tony? I'm I'm well. I'm well. I'm feeling feeling good. I'm looking great.
1: You Ready are to looking rock great. Don't so inform me that
0: you don't smell that good. Thankfully, no, I've been Skype working. Is, Skype is not a an olfactory medium; just a visual no, one. No,
1: it is purely auditory and, and visual. No, uh, you know, just a busy day, working day, and anything anytime you're working in the the swelts of the the Central Florida heat. It's like having a
0: hot, wet blanket around you at all times. That is exactly how I want my life to be. Just kidding. It was hot here in California earlier this week. It was up into the hundreds, which is not unnatural for July or August, but a little odd for June. But but it's, but it's it, a dry heat. It, hey, man, I know people say it. It's trite and hackneyed, but it is true. Just that dry heat is so much better. 100 degrees and dry is way better than 80 degrees and 100% humidity, which is rainy. Yeah. But that's what happens there. <laughs>
1: That's that's what we have. But So what are, what, you, what are you, do? you been
0: up to? How's life? It's so it's so good that we're gonna open this whole thing
1: up with a conversation about the weather. That's how that's how exciting we are.
0: Hey, look um, man, I know again, people knock that. We talk about the weather, man. It's it's life. It's hot. We want to talk about it. I don't, I don't knock weather conversations.
1: <laughs> uh, the Life is good, man. And, and I, I feel like there was a time in my life when summertime, which we're, now we're in the throes of summer. Yes. Uh, I feel like summertime used to be a season of relaxation, a season of you know, downshifting a little bit. And here we're just going to kind of broaden our things and just kind of, okay, now we're, we're not so busy and hectic all the time. And that has not been the case for me this summer. I feel like we've been one event right after the other
0: and so many things backing up and piling up, which is kind of fun, but a little exhausting. Thing at times yeah especially in youth ministry that's one of the things i really liked about being a youth pastor was that for the first 18 to 24 years of life you're conditioned that summer is this time to be off because you're in yeah. school and so you're in that rhythm and then if you're a real adult and you move on to normal life that's no longer the case unless you're kids but if you're a youth pastor you still maintain that rhythm because there's summer programming students are out so i, I miss that so now summer <laughs> just like everything else
1: and I know a lot of youth groups that don't have their youth services during the summer. They'll, they'll take a break or they'll uh, you know, lighten up their schedule a little bit. But we've never done that. We always keep our same consistent scheduling and even add a little bit more, which is fun because we'll tend to get kids from other people's youth groups that aren't having their regular services. So uh, summertime is a busy time. We just had a, a big event this week, uh, Florida State Camp Meeting, and we had a big uh, mass youth choir with kids from across the state coming together to lead worship uh, just last night. And uh, we're knocking on the door, Monday begins a week of kids camp, the following week is middle school camp, the following week is high school camp, so I get to be involved in, in all of those in one Ooh. way or the other, so uh, busy times, fun times. Fabulous,
0: we had, oh, when I was a youth pastor, we didn't do our regular program, we, had a, we were an event-driven summer, so we'd have beach trips and go to Magic Mountain, that's Six Flags out here in California. And so gotcha, we would do yeah, stuff yeah. like that, which was, I mean, we would do stuff like we would do a water games day where we would mm-hmm. have a giant slip and slide. And my wife was nervous every single time because we would just always end up hurting somebody. But, you know, it's great. What, you know, what, what's better than a hundred foot long giant piece of vinyl that you put a bunch of baby shampoo and water on and let kids demolish each other? It's great. It's
1: great until you find the sprinkler head.
0: We, like, oh, we avoided that. No, uh-huh. what, what Alicia didn't like, we would play steal the bacon on our giant slip and slide with a watermelon that we had rolled around in a bunch of Vaseline. So, oh, my goodness. What? Because so, they're trying to grab the watermelon. They can't because it's got Vaseline all over it. But so you also,
1: so by, by bacon, you mean greasy watermelon? Greasy,
0: well, I mean, you know, we, didn't, we did one time play steal the bacon with actual bacon. It was great. We had packets of bacon in the worship center, and the kids would fight over them, and then just bacon, raw bacon, exploded everywhere.
1: (laughs) That was the year everyone got trichinosis. (laughs) Lockjaw for everyone, you guys, please.
0: Awesome. That's fun. Yeah, it it was fun. What What have you been nerding out on
1: lately, Tony? Well, we've just gotten back into uh, our podcast. We recorded a few days ago, and it should be out. I guess the the tomorrow. Yeah. uh, When you're listening this
0: on Monday, you will listen to the newest episode, season four.
1: Season five, season my man.
0: five. Good lord, yeah, the journey Nerd Five
1: Godcast. is alive. Yeah, we're we're coming back, and uh, should be a great time. We got a lot of, a, a lot of new things that we're going to do this season, which is kind of exciting. Uh, doing new things is um, even how that's how we opened up our season with a, it feels like the first time is the title of our first episode. But we're we're looking to do some new stuff and stretch Was that ourselves Boston in ways
0: or Germany? yeah, I
1: think so. So one of those Kansas, uh, you know, <laughs> Toto, <laughs> white white <laughs> snake. I have no
0: idea. Sorry. Just keep talking. I don't look up. No, sings. I like
1: this. I, I feel like if we don't spontaneously break out into song from time to time, it's like a fire shut up time in our bones. That's uh, close time enough. To time. Time right, your, to Cindy, time. your Cindy, your Cindy Lauper game is not on point.
0: Hey, that's fine. N- neither was Cindy Lauper's. Oh, <laughs> but girls just want to have fun, Scotty. Didn't that video have Lou Albano
1: in it? Yeah, yeah, he he was her dad. He was also um, in the Goonies Are Good Enough video. If you watch the Goonies music video, it has so little to do with the Goonies and a ton to do with WWF mid-1980s. It's got like... The Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov and Captain Lou Albano and Wendy Richter. It's like, it's all wrestlers in it for some reason. And I think it revolves around that they own a gas station, but the Iron Sheik is going to buy the gas station and, uh, and and take it away from them. And they have to find some money, so they go after treasure.
0: It's, uh, it's Foreigner. Feels like the first time! Sorry, it was Foreigner. Oh, let me hit stop on that. Stop playing! <laughs> You know, we will not leave any
1: research stone unturned here on The Christian Nerd of God.
0: It's basically turned into, on my episode, I have a thought, then I just sit there and IMDB it for 30 seconds while filling time by saying, ah, blah, blah, blah. I'm really Here's good the at podcasting.
1: A- anyone who's listening to this that really cared already knew the answer and they've yelled it at their that radio, is true. Yelled it, they yelled it a long time ago. Anyone who doesn't, they don't care that we just found that out. So yeah, just ad- admit it, you wanted to know, you needed some peace in the back of your mind. I
0: did. I couldn't continue talking about what we're going to talk about if I didn't know. It was- it, was an, thing, song. it uh, was an albatross an albatross around the your New albatross just hanging Indeed.
1: around with rubber bands hanging from his beak <laughs> you know okay so I, I got the i i played i've been playing my nintendo switch uh, my playstation 4 died on me i got the the blue light of death so i i have a backup playstation 4 which is strange to explain but i bought the gold one for my wife when i was at youth camp yeah. last year so she could play so she could have her, her own. own yeah yeah because she wanted to have it in the bedroom she doesn't yeah. want to sit out in our living room when she's when i'm not here she she wants to – so whatever. She wanted to play Horizon Zero Dawn and Red Dead Redemption. So I got her own PlayStation. We've been using that one. But I still feel betrayed a little bit by my PlayStation. So I've switched a lot of my affections over to my Nintendo Switch. Uh, and, and I finally signed up for the the Switch Online, the Nintendo Online package, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, which is a really good deal, uh, affordable, because I got it for the family pack. I think it's like 30 bucks a year. You can oh, wow. get five, five Switches on it or something like that, which is more than I need. And um, so we got it, and with it comes a retro game pack that you can get with all of these old eight-bit Nintendo game mm. consoles. You can just download them; they're just uh, whatever you want. Just download it. They're you play them online, offline, whatever. So we, um, I, I started pulling out a bunch of old games and playing them while we were in Tampa, just kind of sitting around in the hotel room time, and uh, was playing Super Mario Brothers. And as I was playing the original Super Mario Brothers, and you know, hearing that iconic music, you know, yeah. dun 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 dun. dun. I couldn't stop my brain from playing back Captain Lou Albano as Super Mario. <laughs> Swing the Mario! your arms from side to side. <laughs> Come on, it's time to go do the Mario. And it's it, um, why is this in my brain? Why of, this, it, it, of all the iconic iterations of this is that stuck into my head? So I guess better Captain Lou than Bob Hoskins, but either way, the I was ashamed what, of myself. The heart
0: wants what the heart wants, Tony. It really the does, heart man. Wants And I want the Super Mario cartoon. Brothers Super
1: Show. It wasn't
0: that bad.
1: It was really bad. You know why I endured the Super Mario Brothers Super Show? Because on Fridays, they did The Legend of Zelda, which was also bad, but I didn't care because it was The Legend of Flippin' Zelda.
0: And we were kids, and we, we were we were texting about all the old cartoon shows that we used to watch, and yeah. they're terrible.
1: Yeah, when, when you're a kid, you're an indiscriminate person. Yeah. You're like, like I want
0: to play with Jason the Wheeled Warriors. It makes no sense. Why are, Why yeah. are there plant cars and regular cars? And why yeah, did man. everyone have a stripe of white in their hair in the 80s? I, and how come Optimus Prime
1: was a big robot that turned into a big truck, but Megatron was a big robot who turned into a teensy gun? Physics, man. If you want, actually, if you want the true story behind that, go to Netflix and watch the the Toys That Made Us, uh, which is oh. a wonderful documentary that explains why the Transformers line had some things that were to one to one scale with real life, and why some things were toy sized. Yeah. Oh,
0: I will. I we we watched the first episode. We watched the Star Wars one.
1: Watch the Transformers one, and the Star Trek one is really good too. That's okay. a great documentary. It it's a good,
0: show. it's a good show. We last night I watched Ready Player One for the first time. What do you think? It was enjoyable. The book is better. Did yeah. you read the book? I did. The book's just more in depth on all the puzzles and stuff that they're trying to do, and it creates way more of the world. Like they don't even talk about the fact that you have to have money to go to different places and all that. Right. So. Putting all that aside, what they accomplished was great, and that final battle where it's everything that we love because we're nerds it's and grew everything. up in the '80s—like yes. this is awesome. I love seeing a Gundam fighting Mechagodzilla. Like that's amazing. Absolutely. So, and I, and I
1: think that the way that the book was written, that was the best way they could have done it with oh, yeah, the movie. Totally. I, I would much rather, even though I'm not a Shining fan, like I would rather watch the scene where he's in the Shining uh-huh. than watch a scene of him playing joust against a Lich King or whatever. Yeah, you know?
0: totally. And that Shining scene, and what I really liked about the Shining scene was that it was, they took the digital person and put them in a real-life set. Like, that was really cool how they mixed that up a couple of times. I really enjoyed yeah. that. It
1: was, a, it was a well-made movie, yeah. and I did not see it in the theater, which I don't regret, because I think it would have frustrated me to see it in the theater. Watching it on, on home video, I, I had to make my home video. Like, I'm like, yeah. like be kind, rewind, right? <laughs> But I, I watching it and being able to pause it and go, okay, look, so with the first time they're in H's uh, hangar with all the yeah. different vehicles he's working on, did I pause that thing? And I, it was just, it's nonstop. Like, well, there's the Winnebago from Spaceballs, because uh-huh. why the crap not? I mean, yeah. just so many, there's a Viper from Battlestar Galactica. There's, you know, all, it, just, it's, it was really incredible. It was a love letter to all of the things that make us kind of geek out. Yeah,
0: and I, I read the Wikipedia on it and how Steven Spielberg spent, before they even started making the movie he just spent years getting all the licensing for everything mm-hmm. and yeah. they and they couldn't get the licensing for Close Encounters of the Third Kind even though Steven Spielberg had directed it Universal right. wouldn't let them have the rights to it That's which so I thought was hilarious he's like but it's my movie <laughs> Like, nope, well sorry. I think there was there was a lot
1: of things that he did not want to use that were his like he didn't want to he didn't want to have references to E.T. or A.M. Yeah. Jones or any of those kind of things which I guess that makes sense
0: well yeah I mean he didn't He'd look like a tool, just putting all his own stuff in there. Which but the, every, everyone the, so it's much better for us to say, It's cool that he didn't do that versus had he done it, everyone would have just raked him across the coals
1: sure, for doing yeah. it.
0: It's way better to think, Oh man, he should have done that than having like, Oh man, why did he do that?
1: Right. It makes sense. And I don't feel like I walked away from that movie going, Oh my goodness, you know, that would have been so much better if only we had Empire of the Sun represented. <laughs> so
0: or our AI, artificial intelligence, just pick, uh, pick your random Steven Spielberg. I loved AI. I thought AI yeah. was a great movie.
1: I'm not a Stanley Kubrick guy, and I know that Spielberg did the second half of it, but I mean that's that's the Joss Whedon, Zack Snyder, you know, version of a Haley Joel Osment movie. Yeah, I oh, loved well. it.
0: All right, yeah, so it was a good, good movie. Uh, as we've mentioned, because we've sung a bunch of songs, this is a musical episode. We planned this a while ago. Before I went and saw Les Miserables, because we're going to do a musical episode, but I've already seen Les Miserables. It's been about two weeks since we saw it, but we're still going to have a musical episode. So let's have a list. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You just made the list. You just made the list. The list. All right. So in the list, we list stuff off because that's what we like to do as nerds. So I sent Tony a bunch of categories for musicals. So we're just going to go through a bunch of different categories for musicals, list our favorite, what we enjoy, or just kind of thoughts about it. And since there are so many musicals, and I know you like musicals, Tony, I like musicals, we thought we we can have our number one. And then if we need it, we can, you know, permission to have an honorable mention just so we don't have to feel so constrained to you know, one. So, but And and musicals
1: are such, there's such a variety, depending on what your palette is. Like, some days I want to, I feel Les Miserables, or some days I feel all that jazz. You know, so it's like, you just never, you never know. Yeah.
0: So what is your favorite musical of all time, Tony? So you really want to open up with number one here, huh? Yeah, let's just do that. Okay. Let's start.
1: And now now favorite doesn't mean best of all time, right? No,
0: just the one where you think, where if somebody says, hey, what's your favorite musical? Just, what pops into your mind.
1: So if I want, if I really feel like saying Starlight Express right here, that's just what's going to happen. Right. Okay. It's not. uh, (laughs) Um, I, I I and I hate sound. I always want to be the guy that has the the clever answer, not uh, the it obvious matter. answer. You know, well, uh, well, obviously, have you mm. seen? You know, and then, dear Evan Hansen, uh, if you listen to that one, you know, say the one like <laughs> that people haven't seen before, like uh, you know, oh, oh, clearly, have you have you seen um, the Color Purple musical? It's very important. It's very important work. <laughs> um, but dude, for my nickel. Phantom of the Opera just is everything that a night mm-hmm. of the theater should be.
0: Yeah. I concur. Just it's my favorite musical.
1: Visually, musically, it's it's powerful, it's exciting, it's just engaging when when you see a good stage performance of it. And and there's nothing like a a great stage yeah. performance of it. You forget that you're watching a show. Yeah. It's so immersive.
0: Yeah, it it's been my favorite since I was 13. We, for some reason, my friend Jimmy and I, we listened to the soundtrack just over and over. And this was when this, I mean, it had a really, really long run at the Pantages in LA with uh, Michael Crawford and Sarah Brightman. So the big one mm-hmm. that you know they had, yeah. and so, but I never saw it, but I loved it. And so we just listened to the soundtrack. It was one of the first CDs I bought the double, the double, the double disc, disc CD, yeah. just listening to that over and over again. In our, Jimmy and I were in beginning drama together when we were freshmen. And we just did the letter scene for our first for our first scene in beginning drama. And because we didn't have to practice it, we already had it memorized. And so the two-too many
1: notes for my taste. Exactly. Most of
0: them about Christine. I know. And so I I felt (laughs) since we
1: came is Miss Dyer's name.
0: Sorry. Yeah. And so (laughs) i felt... I'm not sorry. No, don't be (laughs) sorry. So we got up there and we just started singing in our drama teacher, who was a cantankerous old man who (sighs) did who literally trained. And did Kung Fu with Bruce Lee. Like, wow. this was our drama teacher. And it's beginning drama. It's just a bunch of knuckleheads who didn't want it, who didn't have <laughs> it. And so I was like, what are these guys doing singing on my beginning drama stage? And so it was, it was awesome. And so I loved it. I didn't see it until I was probably 26 or 27. I saw it with Alicia for the first time. And it was great. I'd bought tickets and then I won tickets to see another production of it at the Pantages is when they changed all the staging and everything. And that one was amazing. So the first one was great, but the second one was really, really good.
1: The first time that I saw it, I want to say it was in 93 or 94, they did a big tour. They brought it to Orlando. They actually spent like a million dollars expanding the theater that they were bringing oh, wow. it to, to, to make, more, uh, for specifically for that show, mm. to make room for it. Because it was, I don't know if it was the first national tour or something, yeah. but it was the first time I remember seeing it. And one of my youth leaders, one of my guys from the youth group, um, he would, he and his roommate were going to go see it, and his roommate ended up not being able to go. Huh. So he knew that I liked theater, and he asked me if I wanted to go see it. And I'm like, shut up. So it was a Sunday afternoon. It was like a matinee show, and we went after church, and it was breathtaking. I mean, I, I bought the program. I, I mean, like like the commemorative book yeah. that had st- information about like all the different shows they have going. It was just I, I still have it. I treasured it. it. Was it was an amazing show. It was I think that that was, was a life changing show.
0: Yeah, it it was. It's still great. I'm bummed that the movie's not good because I would the, like. Wait, wait, but was the movie not good, or did it have some bad parts in, a, in an otherwise good movie? It. It had a bad person as the Phantom. I mean, that's rough. That's
1: And that's it. But, the, like, the girl, Christine, was wonderful.
0: Yeah, no, Emmy Rossum is great.
1: She is. And visually, visually, the music is gold. Yeah, I mean, they do it, a good you, job. The, it's, the, the just, movie. it's
0: just that Gerard Butler's the Phantom. Not the just, Phantom. Yeah. <clears throat> that, I can, that's right.
1: But, but visually, that movie is, is just as gorgeous as you want it to be.
0: Yeah, but... We might get to this at some point, but I really enjoy the movie version of Lame as Rob. Even though Russell Crowe's not that great in it, I really enjoy watching that. That's kind of my most familiarity with Lame Rob, other than seeing it. I just saw it for the first time, so. <laughs> but I kind of wish that the Phantom movie was better. But it, it does look good. It is really well made. But just it's hard to be like, oh Gerard Butler, you got your weird mask on, and you're not. You know, when you spend your childhood growing up listening to Michael Crawford. Singing the Phantom, and then and you... see
1: now that's a divisive thing because a, a lot of people like Michael Crawford and some people really dislike Michael Crawford. For me, and it's it, it goes back to the Star Trek thing of you know your Star Trek is the first one you were introduced yeah. to. To me, everybody else has to match Michael Crawford like yeah. that's the bar. Yeah. So and yeah, you can't. And forget forget about the fact that Michael Crawford was also Condor Man in the old Disney movie. What? Look that up. Look that up, kids. Michael Crawford was the original MCU Disney superhero.
0: Condor Man. Condor Man. Condor Man. Yeah. Look it up. All right. We will. We will look that up. All right. So now all time, what's your favorite musical to see in person or the, your favorite? Can, I, kind can of... I go back? Can I go back to my runner up for all time? Oh, please. And, and,
1: and there's something about this that was when I was in seventh grade, I had a music teacher. And every now and again, you have teachers that are just not the cantankerous ones that, you know, train with Bruce Lee and shun you. Uh, But you have a teacher that loves something so much Mm -hmm. that watching them loves it make you want to love it too. Mm -hmm. And he had a record player, and he he stood at the front of the class, and he would put these records on for us. Music teacher, 7th grade, Mattakes Middle School in West Yarmouth, Massachusetts. And this old man, who is certainly dead now, he looked like he kind of looked like Palpatine, but like with, <laughs> with like Beethoven type hair, but like, but he was always, but he had just such kind eyes, and when he would listen to music, you could just see his eyes like light up. It, you, it was just like life for him, and and he took us through so many wonderful different albums and different selections of music, but one day he he put on there Guys and Dolls, mm. and played that album for us told us the story told us what was happening and then took us through each of the tracks and uh and watching him love it made me fascinated by by guys and dolls damon runyon's uh musical about you know gamblers in the 1940s 50s kind of vibe i mean that that new york city uh dice playing dangerous guys and i loved it i went we rented the movie with marlon brando and uh frank And I just, I've always loved Guys and Dolls. And there's something about that, that to me has, if, if not for fan of the Opera, the simplicity of Guys and Dolls is just, it's just wonderful to me. I love it. So probably because it was really so magnetic for me, his love for musicals, it made me love
0: that more. That might've been my, my first foray into musical theater. Nice. I have not seen yeah. Guys and Dolls, and that that that's the thing too. Like, do you think there's all those classic ones from, like you said, the 40s and 50s and 60s that were stage shows? Then they turn it into movies, and now maybe they get a revival on Broadway. But i like that they redid. They redid
1: Guys and Dolls in the 90s with um, Nathan Lane as oh. uh, uh, yeah, and, and Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella. Actually, Timon and Pumbaa oh. um, were both in it. So yeah, it was definitely worth watching uh, right. and worth listening to.
0: All right, so. Back to it before I was so rudely interrupted. Just kidding. Yeah,
1: sorry. Sorry. What,
0: what's your what's your favorite musical to see live? And if it's Phantom of Opera, that's fine. But if there's something else,
1: um, I loved seeing Beauty and the Beast mm. live, and and I, I really didn't want to put any of the Disney you know ones on here. Yeah. But Beauty and the Beast was surprisingly good live, and I really kind of went into it almost rolling my eyes and just going because my wife wanted to see it, so we went. <laughs> um, and it was like I'm at Beauty and the Beast. I don't care for Beauty and the Beast, but my wife likes Beauty and the Beast, and I like her. So, so you're um, just
0: being a good husband.
1: Trying to, but uh, surprisingly good, uh, surprisingly uh, engaging. But I love seeing Phantom of the Opera live. It's one of those ones that if if it's in town, I'm going to go see it. Yeah. Um. But but for me, I'm answering the potential. I would love to see Hamilton live. Like, that's Alexander, on my list of Hamilton, things. Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. I think that was Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't know if you've got that. <laughs> right.
0: Galileo, Galileo. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Magnifico! No, 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 no. Mamma mia, mamma mia. Mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub Be has a devil for the like like for me. me for me, me, for me. me. For me. I can't get yeah. that. Out. Sorry. Little pitchy dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As long as I'm not uh, yeah. pitchy when I'm leading worship this weekend, that'd be fine. Oh, there you go. Yeah, blow out your voice now. That's <laughs> totally worth it. Like, Sorry, I can't lead why, you in the presence of the Lord. Why can't you lead Lord, worship? You I was singing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. on a podcast I do. You're fired. All right, very important. It's very important.
1: The people demanded it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, w- I would love to see Hamilton live. So that's that's one that's on my uh, I would love to see list.
0: I will tell you, I did see it live. Thankfully, I was able to. Secure tickets. So it was it was at, as at the Pantages. It was a big deal. Everyone knew. So there was the on-sale date, and it was at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. So I didn't have to do anything in the church that day, which was great, because I'm literally sitting in my office with my computer open with a browser, different browsers open to Ticketmaster, my phone on the Ticketmaster app, my right. iPad on the Ticketmaster app, trying to find any combination of dates and tickets that would work. And I was able to get tickets for Labor Day weekend last year, so Alicia and I went and saw it. And it was... It was it was really good. It was it was it was great. Uh, but my favorite musical to see live is I think it's Wicked. I thoroughly enjoy Wicked. It I've is never seen it. You've never seen it's great. Yeah. Are you opposed to it or just never? Well, it's got witchcraft, to it? so it's like <laughs> I put it on the same that's, shelf as Harry Potter. Uh, that's true. It's on the same uh, Harry Potter.
1: No, 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 no. I, I've heard only good things about it. I just haven't. I haven't seen. Yeah. It.
0: It, so I think that what I so I really like it because. When before Alicia and I were even, you know, officially dating, or you know, we we hadn't changed our relationship status to in a relationship, Alicia's mom bought me tickets to go see Wicked for Christmas with the a expecta- dowry, if you will. Yeah, with the expectation <laughs> that I would take Alicia, and I did, obviously take Alicia, and it was great. And then that's awesome. It's like, thank you so much, Alicia's mom. Susie and I are going to have a great time. <laughs> exactly. And then I, I felt like being a good son that year, so I took my mom for Mother's Day. That's the nicest thing I've ever done for my mom. It's probably the last nice thing I've done for my mom. I should be a better son. And then I think Alicia and I went and saw it again. And so I've seen it three times. Wow. And it is... It's so good. I think it's just... It's kind of... There's just so much spectacle to it mm-hmm. that there's just great special effects. I mean, when Alphaba sings Defying Gravity and she flies, I mean, it's just... It's awesome. It gives me goosebumps when I see it or think about it or listen to the soundtrack. Just it's it's really it's really good. I, see I now like one of Wicked. the ones
1: when you talk about like effects and, and that's one of the things that it, it completely inspires me now is to see that the way that they creatively come up with these stage productions that defy like we're not just standing on a row it's not a chorus line anymore now it's people are flying and Uh stages are moving and there's digital projection it's magnificent one of the ones that i would have loved to have seen and i know that it was hot trash but i would have loved to have seen it anyway was the spider-man musical oh Uh, and and i know that everything i've heard (laughs) is that it's garbage but it it looked like it could have been so cool
0: yeah i forgot about the spider-man musical yeah, it was it was like Spider
1: Man, like f- Run from the Night or something stupid like yeah. that. I don't even know. But the the music was done by the Edge.
0: That's cool. I guess. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe we Disney know. will do another live action Marvel musical, and it'll probably be good. Wouldn't a Marvel musical be cool? That's all I'm saying. Endgame the musical. That's all I want. Alicia is out of school now, so we're gonna go see Endgame probably next week i'm very very excited it's really good you're gonna like it i I think i will i've been avoiding spoilers so i'm pretty i think think i'm good to go Literally, I just sit and listen to Portals on repeat because that's an amazing. Isn't that track. the great? So I saw
1: a video on YouTube, man. I'm gonna send it over to you. It's the um, the last battle. I think it's the Black Gate battle from Return of the King.
0: Oh, with but that with the, song. But
1: with the music, Portals, <laughs> and I'm going. You know what? By God, this works. Every <laughs> every movie's better with the Avengers music in it.
0: I saw there was some video. Oh, I think it was a. The Russo brothers retweeted it. It was "We Are the Champions" with a bunch of different event avenge- clips from the MCU. Is really good. We'll uh, add those to the show notes. So, what's your favorite musical soundtrack, Tony? You, uh,
1: there, now, this is two different things. There is production, and then there is just uh, affection. Okay. Uh, I I love uh, Hamilton to me because I'm a lyrics guy. I, yeah. I think word word works are the most impressive things. I mean, m- musicals are, are are what they are, but lyrics. Man, if you can get that book right, you are in good shape. Mm -hmm. And Hamilton... Uh, dude, Lin-Manuel Miranda is a master wordsmith. He is. I mean, just master level. And and Hamilton. Every time I hear it, I hear something new that blows my mind. Yeah. And, and and I went and watched a series of, of of videos on YouTube, which are why Hamilton works musically. I, I'm a music guy up to the level of maybe singing karaoke, but I don't have actual <laughs> musical knowledge. I don't have you know theory and uh-huh. technique and stuff. So when I'm watching these things, and I'm going, yeah, okay, look at these recurring motifs, or look at the way that the 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 scales in the ten dual commandments mimic other things that are happening throughout the music one two three four five six seven eight and 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 you can see those musical melodies happening in other songs from other characters but with tweaks on it to reflect their character i'm going i can't believe that somebody put this much thought into anything ever (laughs) i mean it's amazing
0: no, it's I, it's yeah. stupid how good it is. Yeah, I would say that Hamilton's probably my favorite soundtrack to listen to, just because there's so, there's such a wide variety of music in it. That sure. Phantom of the Opera is all it's it's a musical. It all sort of sounds the same, but with Hamilton, yeah. you have hip hop and R and B, you have ballads, you have pop yeah. music. I mean, it is just so it's it's not boring to listen to at all. Nope. And, what's and your it's, favorite? It's... When you when go you ahead. go when you listen to Hamilton's soundtrack, what's the first track you go to?
1: Man, you know, the one that I really, really like. Oh, why can't I think of the name of it? Um, it's uh, We Are Outgunned, Outmanned. Out, you know, the, oh, yeah. The, um, the, yeah. The, yeah. Here I, comes I, the general. And whoop, it's like, whoop, you know, whoop. Whoop. Yeah. anytime George stay Washington alive, is on alive, there. Stay alive, stay alive, stay alive. Anytime George Washington is on there, I'm going, This George Washington's the greatest man that's ever lived. It's Jesus and then George Washington <laughs> and then maybe Jim
0: Henson. I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Stay alive. is, uh, I think, is that yeah. That's great. I, th- yeah, my fr- I always go to Guns and Ships because I love Lafayette and I also love Jefferson. I mean, David Deegs. and the guy who played when I saw it, he was he was like twelve feet tall. He had a giant afro. He was a great, great actor. It was awesome. But Hamilton think, is such a good soundtrack.
1: And then I love You'll Be Back also because that's just a great take. Oh yeah. Just the, playing the king out like that was, again, the wordsmithing on that is just magnificent.
0: Yeah, it is it is it is pretty spectacular.
1: So from a, a technical aspect, Hamilton is it, but again, uh, affectionately, I really love the musical Godspell so much. Mm-hmm. I love it so much, and it's a, a musical, I think, I don't know if it's Stephen Sondheim, I don't know who did it, but it's uh, based on the, the Gospel of Matthew. Mm-hmm. And it's super hippy dippy. I mean, it is like late sixties, early seventies vibe. I mean, they always they portray Jesus as a guy with like brightly colored striped pants, uh, an afro, and a Superman shirt. I mean, that's like his his deal. And but it, it's wonderful and it's charming. And if you, it, it, I've seen productions of it where it's very sensitive to an accurate and respectful presentation of the gospel, and the music is just hauntingly beautiful and and sweetly innocent. It's like. A flannel graph, but in sound, it's just, it's <laughs> lo- it, it's definitely like a snapshot of a period in time. But at the same time, it, it still is telling a story of something that I love very much and yeah. is very personal to me.
0: I will have to go listen
1: to that. I've never listened to Godspell. Listen to the music from the movie. Uh, Victor okay. Garber plays Jesus, and it's um, it, uh, there's something about the movie that I like. It's it's produced it in such a way that it just it doesn't sound quirky or cheap, right. but it still sounds very
0: honest. All right. Speaking of movies, what's your favorite movie musical? Oh. You go first on this one,
1: because I can't, I I don't know, man.
0: I've got got my first one. I've got my honorable mention. I've got a lot of, because there's a lot of great movie musicals. I already mentioned Les Miserables, the movie. That didn't make the cut. But my favorite movie musical is one of my favorite movies of all time, is Moulin Rouge. And that would have to be it, because Baz Luhrmann is brilliant. I want to see the stage production that they're doing on Broadway. Are they doing one? Yeah, they're it comes out in july i think i did not know that yeah. i love moulin
1: rouge the first time i saw that uh that movie was about a week after my son was born mm. um it was i'm up in the middle of the night and i'm you know it's like midnight feeding whatever so i'm sitting out on my recliner i bought a recliner because i was going to have a son and i felt like a dad should have a recliner <laughs> so i bought my recliner and i'm just watching dvds i might have even been watching vhs uh, movies that i hadn't seen before yeah. so i hadn't seen moulin rouge so i'm, I'm watching that and um I just remember holding him and and hearing that music and his name is Christian and you know mm-hmm. Christian is you and McGregor in the movie. And I remember it so much because the at the end of my time off when he was born, my first day driving back to my office, you know, my first day away mm-hmm. from him after he was born and I'm on 408 in in Orlando driving through downtown. And, this, and Elton John comes on the radio singing, um, how wonderful mm. life is, now you're yeah. in the world. And I just thought of holding my son and how wonderful life is, now you're in the world. And I just, I had to pull my car over because I just started crying. I'm just That's like, awesome. I have a son and he's wonderful. And like, thank you, Jesus. I was like, it was a, a really amazing moment. So that movie means a lot to me.
0: That's I, I sing that song to Clara every night before bed. Your song. It's just the song I've been singing to her since she was born.
1: Isn't uh, it not, wonderful? Not
0: anymore. Now she wants me to make up songs about her fan and her booty. But, no, we, but, <laughs> but, but, we've, but we've gone from Elton John to Rihanna. What, yeah. what happened? <laughs> before she had request time, I'd always sing your song. But yeah, I Moulin Rouge. It. I mean, Star Wars is my favorite movie, and when I say Star Wars, I just mean Star Wars the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but it's always. Two and three always flip flop between Rushmore and Moulin Rouge. Like, like that's it for me. That those are my favorite movies. And yeah, when I saw Moulin Rouge, I thought this is like this is spectacular. This is something special. This is moving. It's funny. The music is great. The acting is great. Ewan and McGregor has an amazing voice. Nicole Kidman is likable. I mean, there's just Every, so much.
1: And, and everyone crapped on them because they had untrained sounding voices, but yeah. I thought that added to the, yeah. the interest of it. Yeah, I thought it was it was great. And and I now I had loved uh, the Romeo and Juliet. Baz Luhrmann's yeah. Romeo and Juliet. I never saw Strictly Ballroom, That's but good. He, I I love his directorial style. No, yeah, I love Baz Luhrmann's movies. His... Australia is so great. <laughs> I mean...
0: Australia is great. Is that Hugh, Hugh Jackman? And, was Nicole Kidman yeah, in that too? Hugh Jackman, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. So good, man. So, yeah, I love – Moulin Rouge is – it's amazing. And so my, my – oh, okay, go ahead.
1: There's one that's not a – it's it, it's not originally like a movie. I guess Moulin Rouge was originally a yeah. film. But there's one that's a film adaptation of a musical, and I love it so much I really had to kind of honorable mention it because the casting of it was so flawless. It was flawless. It was, flo- it was just uh, – uh, like – There's no way that they could ever cast this thing possibly better because it was flawless. And that's Rick Moranis and Steve Martin in Little Shop of Horrors. (laughs) It was perfect. It was perfect.
0: I as saw music. that when I was younger and I don't remember it at all. You
1: must watch it. It was a delight. I mean, and there's so many great cameos in it. John Candy's in it. Bill Murray's in it. Um, I, I mean, it's just, it, but for taking that cheesy campy, you know, Roger Corman horror movie from the fifties uh-huh. and then making it into a musical and then making it back into a movie. It was magnificent. And Steve Martin steals the show as Oren Gravillo DDS, the, the worst dentist in the world. Um, totally worth watching.
0: All right, my honorable mention, I am not suggesting anybody watch this. I am not endorsing it. If you watch it, you cannot get mad at me, because I'm telling you, literally, do not watch this. It is not good for your soul.
1: And this is your best movie musical? This is, no, this mention? is my
0: honorable mention. Okay. South Park the movie. <sighs> I know.
1: I know. It's Okay, so along those lines then, uh, and I'll just skip right past that. I, I want to back it up to... A South Park the movie never... is so good. Okay, but uh, the, the, South Park the movie is awful. It uh, is, but but Trey Parker and Matt Stone are geniuses. Yes, they're geniuses. Yeah. and 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 anything. And the crudity of that is, it's not worth wading through a, a trough filled with poo <laughs> just to maybe find a gold <laughs> tooth or something like that. But. But I don't you know, that gold d- tooth is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but you can't put it in your mouth. When, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing.
0: But I can put it up on a shelf and be like, remember when I was 19 yeah. and this was the peak of humor for my life?
1: And I remember, listen, I watched that movie when I was in, when I was in college, and I get it. But, but they're so brilliant. And now there's two things that they made. I have not seen these, but I, I've had a lot of people tell them. There's one, is it Repo Man?
0: Repo the, the, the Musical? Repo the Musical, uh, yeah, I haven't seen that.
1: I haven't seen it either I've heard I've heard good things but I never watched it because it looked gory and I'm not a gory guy yeah. but um and then there's another one they did which is inspired I think by an episode of South Park which is Book of Mormon
0: Book of Mormon is spectacular
1: I have not seen or heard it but gosh those guys are so smart yeah they're they're really smart and they're I, really I, I when they're really funny me. and they're
0: really talented no Book and of Mormon. and really crude yeah really crude and Book of Mormon it's not as crude there's one song that's pretty bad uh, so just skip that one but it it's hilarious uh, when I saw it, the, the church of Latter-day Saints took up, uh, advertisements and it's like, if you, now you've seen the musical, read the book. I mean, it's just genius marketing on their part, but Book of Mormon is really, really, really entertaining. I would, I would suggest that. All right. So mm. last, last, uh, question here. It's kind of a two-parter. Yeah. What is the, what is your best and worst live theater experience? Not necessarily the show that you were seeing, but just the environment of it all. Best um, and worst.
1: You, you go first because okay. I, I want to see how you answer this. My
0: one. my best one was that first time I saw Wicked with Alicia, just because we went to a really nice dinner. We were still dating. I mean, it, we'd been in you know we'd been dating for probably three months at that point, so you know when things start out, you're like, oh, I love this person, oh, this is great, like all those butterflies. So that was great. Uh, so honorable mention. Then I'll get to my worst. Honorable mention is one time we I think when we saw Wicked the second time Alicia and I. The people in front of us had their dog. What they had, like she was wearing, it was like Shut one of those baby. dog right nah, hey, I, She had one of those like cross shoulder baby carriers, and they had their dog. Dude, in California it. is such a weird place, man. You're not. You're not allowed to do that. They snuck that dog in. <laughs> but to the dog's credit, it was fine. It was just. It behaved all, itself. Yeah, it just it really enjoyed the theater and we just wanted a night out on the town. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that's, maybe that's, the dog was a fan. That's not really the worst. That's just weird. So, the that's worst weird. is we saw Fiddler on the roof with Alicia's family at the Pantages. Was and Topol in it? Please say Topol was, was in it. He was. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, I think he'll keep doing it when he's dead. His, it's, just yeah. muscle, it's just muscle memory at this <laughs> point. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was doing the dance. Nobody could uh, no, see it. No, that was that. great. I
1: <laughs> desperately wish people could see it. I have the best seat in the house right here.
0: Uh, and so. No joke. Some idiot, and I know I love Jesus. I should be nice in this, but some idiot sang the whole freaking time. See, that was our problem. That was what we I was gonna sa- say. We, we told her stop. Yeah. We shot dirty looks at her. I I didn't flip her off, but I wanted to, and she kept <laughs> doing it. The so
1: whole musical. We went and saw they opened up a brand new theater, the Dr. Phillips <laughs> Performing Arts Center in Orlando, and it is a gorgeous. Flipping theater, I mean it is magnificent, and um, so we went and saw Phantom of the Opera. It was my wife's first time seeing Phantom, and uh, and we went to see, and there was a lady right behind us, and she knew every single word to that musical, and she sang every word to that musical, and I I had to get up and go get somebody, like that, like that's the worst thing. I had to leave my seat in a musical yeah. and go find someone and say you gotta you gotta stop this woman or I'm gonna put her down. <laughs> Like, I will make sure she's under the chandelier
0: you, at the end of the first let, act. Let me
1: tell you, <laughs> do you know how much I paid for these tickets? And I did not come for amateur hour here. So, I'm, listen, I love Jesus, but I paid for them tickets. Jesus paid for my sins. I paid for those seats. So Jesus paid you, for
0: the sin I'm about to commit.
1: <laughs> when when you're looking at a $400 date night before dinner, yeah. you know, bro, come on, man. You, you, yeah. you want a pristine experience. Oh, hey,
0: hey man, I I know.
1: So, so that, that I was want a my, pristine my,
0: experience when I spend six dollars for a matinee. So. I know, dude. <laughs>
1: you, you should see the side eye that I give to people if they get up to pee when I'm watching a movie in my living room. Forget about
0: <laughs>
1: it. Now, my best experience when we were talking about this is like I, I wanted to go into. One time, I did this. I got to do the set for a production of Guys mm. and Dolls. I got to do set design, and like getting to watch it and seeing that set come to life was really mm. an amazing experience. Like, man, that used to be in my sketch pad, and now it is this larger than life thing. That's that awesome. was cool. But as you were as you were sharing and you were talking about, you know, going out with Alicia, I think my best theater experience, really honestly, is when we went to go see Beauty and the Beast. Now, my wife mm. loves Beauty. Like, our guest bedroom in our house is decorated Beauty and the Beast. Wow! Like it's it, she, so when she I come visit, huge... that's the
0: room we're gonna stay in.
1: Yeah, that's that's your room. That's the Higa suite. Yes. So we're she's a huge Beauty and the Beast fan, like going to see that musical was a big deal for her. And she, now normally sheena's super low key. She's low maintenance. She's not highfalutin, nothing like that. She but, lets um, you buy hot toys. She's she's super super chill. She man.
0: enables your addiction. <laughs>
1: But when it came to Beauty and the Beast, she had zero chill. (laughs) She went and she uh, bought—no, seriously, she bought this beautiful yellow dress. Oh wow! And she did her hair like with the with the roses, like the whole deal. She went like full out cosplay. I mean, just about. I mean, and and not she wasn't dressed like Belle, but she was dressed. I mean, just gorgeous, so pretty and so like she just looked like you, you could tell that she was dressed in an homage to the Mm. musical. So I had my suit on and I, my my shirt was like a kind of a bluish purple shirt. And I had my yellow tie that matched her dress. And it was my favorite thing because when we were waiting in the lobby or we're, you know, coming out for intermission, people kept coming up to us and people kept complimenting her on how Mm. beautiful she looked. People kept coming up to her and saying, you know, Oh my gosh, you guys are so cute. And, um, That was a really nice feeling because I know how much it meant to her and to see people acknowledge that like strangers and, uh, you know, for her to get affirmations of that because she's always such a quiet, like background person. She's not like an upfront, you know, she doesn't get recognized a lot. So for her to get recognized for something that she really did put some work and effort into made me super proud. And it It just made the night really special.
0: I think that's why our wives married us, because we're so starved for attention and we'll do anything to get it.
1: That we need that.
0: We need that balance
1: anything you you want an episode about songs we'll do an episode about
0: songs (laughs) i'll sing the fanny song that i sing for clara right now fanny fanny (laughs) fanny this is my fanny (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, my goodness the magic is happening so hit us up on our social media at scott heger at Tony at it's me, Tony T. It's me, Tony T on
1: the Twitter. And L- check out the check out the octagon and you can hang out with all the Christian yeah, nerd or, people or,
0: or nerd of nerd... God squad, God squad, nerd Facebook. squad. yeah, nerd God squad. And let us know what your favorite musicals are. We would love to hear from you. I want to know, I want to know what love is, and I want you to show me. Speaking <laughs> of foreigner, I want you to show me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's have a little Bible study. <laughs> study. All right, in Bible study, we pick a passage from the Bible and we talk about it because we like Eeny, the Bible. miny, No, there's usually, so it's either the lectionary or we pick one that coincides with the discussion we've been having. Yes. And so since this is a musical episode and-
1: We've decided to sing the entire book of Psalms. Blessed is he. <laughs> I sounded sound,
0: sound like Cinderella's stepsisters there.
1: Made a huge mistake.
0: <laughs> Made a huge mistake. So uh, we're gonna take a look at Second Samuel six, in which the Ark of the Covenant is brought back. Because music is a great gift. Like when you think about the fact that God has given us music, that's insane.
1: God gave rock and roll to you, according did, to the prophet Gene Simmons.
0: He he has. He, he didn't have to create music. He didn't have to create a world in which you can have tones and intonations and air and holes and can make music and strings and tension can make all these. Like He didn't have to do that, but he did, and it's yep. totally awesome because he did that. We have musical expression. We get to experience God's goodness and his beauty through music, and then there's this great piece of getting to worship God through music, which is a big part, I think, of my life for sure, Tony's life. It's a big part of church. And so just going to talk about that a little bit. So I thought one of the best kind of ways to, so we can sort of move beyond just worship as music, but maybe worship as a whole, as a lifestyle. But the thing about music is David dancing before the Ark of the Covenant. So they bring the Ark back. It had been hanging out at dude's house. And David's like, let's bring it to Jerusalem. So they do, and some dudes die. But then they're like, let's keep going. Uh, and so let's pick it up in verse 12, of second Samuel six. And it says, now King David was told the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of the Lord, because the ark of God. So David went to bring up the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the Ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the Ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. As the Ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window, and when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her Heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set in its place inside of the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women, and all the people went to their homes. When David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. Said, "How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants, as any vulgar fellow would do." David said to Michael, "It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father, oh, snap, or anyone, Oh, snap, oh, snap burn. You just imagine, like, uh, like one of his thirty, minutes, like, oh snap, that's a burn, Michael. You got some oil You should for go that talk burn. to your dad about it. Oh, <laughs> oh, you can't. Sorry." Uh, when he appointed me, let, let's we, we really do love God's word. We now return you to your regularly scheduled <laughs> Bible reading. He appointed me ruler over the Lord's people of Israel, and I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. So... <laughs> <laughs> the Lord <laughs> said... Womp, hey.
1: Womp. hey. <laughs> The Lord don't play, man. You respect the ark or he will melt your face off like a Nazi.
0: Yep. And so that's what we have learned today. Michael was a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> just, that's a little ironic. Uh, so looking at this passage, just, I mean, just kind of, Gerald, what's your, so think about music and worship and just the idea that David says, like, I'll just become more indignified. I'm just going to celebrate and worship God with all that I have. And it doesn't matter what I'm doing because I'm just worshiping God kind of what's been your journey in kind of worshiping God through music specifically Tony like how how have you grown in that what's that road looked like for you over the course of your life You know, when
1: I first became a Christian, uh, and I I never, I didn't, wasn't even realize I didn't realize there was Christian music. I Mm. didn't know. I mean, I knew "Amazing Grace" or that there was the existence of maybe hymns or something like that. But but you were saved at a
0: Petra concert.
1: But I was saved at a Christian rock concert. So I didn't fully understand exactly what it was. But when I heard people singing what I thought was awesome music to God, I'm going, "This is actually interesting to me. Like it's cool because they're telling these stories." And, and through that music, I learned so much about God mm. and His character and His people through the music that was written by Petra and and written by other artists at the time. And I, I just think it's amazing to me that, that music is such a powerful device for teaching and for leading and for encouraging, um, not only just for worship. And I think that yeah. now worship—I I hate it because to say this because I don't want to diminish something that's good or important, but worship is— not an activity. It's not a a sacrifice. It's a genre. Mm. You know, we, we are consumers of worship music and we go through one song and you know, as someone who leads worship or someone who's kind of behind the curtain of church productions, there's a shelf life. You'll bust out a song and then it goes away. I mean, God help me. If I'm in a church service where someone starts singing, um, you know, you bust out some, like, Darlene Sheck or something like that. Shout to the Lord, baby! <laughs> Shout to, we are so sick of Shout to the Lord, which is one of the greatest worship songs ever written.
0: But yeah, but I it. mean, we did it every single chapel service for two years straight at camp. So, you know, so, we... So, of course... <laughs> It. It's
1: it's a, we, we would need to switch out our book of Psalms every six months yeah. if God operated on that timetable. So I, I think there's the, the music is a great gateway to worship, but but man, worship begins in a different place. And I, I don't mm. think that David—this wasn't his first day worshiping. You don't get to this oh, level— yeah. As a Neophyte, this is somebody who's been worshiping his entire life, uh, through the ups and through the downs. He's been worshiping when when he was just a little boy out in the field watching the the sheep. He was worshiping uh, when before he went to fight the giant. He was worshiping in the caves, a lifestyle of worship. Not only gives you invitation to the presence of God, but a lifestyle of worship also has that initiation into yeah. uh, you know, appreciation really i mean how can you, you can really fully appreciate the scale and the scope of God if you understand the nuance of it, not even the scale of God, but the intricacy of God comes from tremendous study when you Talk about any kind of topic with someone who's passionate about it or an expert about it. Uh, you know, like even now we're talking about musicals. There, there's going to be things that come out in our conversations that we're going to give access to because of maybe our experiences or the nuances that we understand that somebody who'd never heard a musical before, or only kind of peripherally appreciated them, would do it because they haven't put the time into mm-hmm. it. And David, as someone who not only knew what it was like to be in God's presence in the in the simplest way, also, here at this story, knew what it was like to have God's presence taken from him. Boy, when that when that thing came back from the house of Obed-Edom, bro, you know it's serious when you can't make it six steps without going, <laughs>
0: all right, party time.
1: Six te- that's like me, man, getting leftovers from a restaurant and having them put it in a box, knowing full well I'm going to eat them on the way home. <laughs> six steps later, and it's like, all right, Party. Let's let dance. Let, me, let me
0: put the seatbelt on these leftovers so I can enjoy them on my.
1: Like, dude, my obed home. Edom had not even made it back to his front door yet.
0: <laughs> it's like, oh, that—that's my bull guy. No, it's cool. It's cool. Don't. <laughs> I'll, I'll clean up the blood. Don't. Warn don't even worry out of his driveway, it. man. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that I think you make a good point that for David, worship was a lifestyle, and so it just comes out in in this experience with the Ark. And and as I look at my own life, I think that it was an experience of worship through music that really opened me up to what it so i think it works both ways david had fully been worshiping god through his whole life and then this kind of musical experience is, is an outgrowth of that and i think for me like i i've grown up in the church i love jesus i've sung songs i've wanted to serve him my whole life but when i was i think i was 16 i was in mexico and we were, we were singing, we were singing worship songs, and it was just a you know, group of 30 of us in this small living room in, in Mexico with these great acoustics, and we're just singing songs, and I just, like, that was the first moment I entered God's presence through, wow. through probably through anything, really. I think that was, I mean, I knew who God was, I'd been saved, Jesus is in my heart, all those things, but that first time I really felt just kind of the weight and the beauty and the sereneness and the whole in it. like everything you experience when you really are in God's presence. I experienced that for the first time when I was 16 years old, sitting in a house in Mexico. And that opened me up to a whole new world of experiencing God, that it wasn't just this thing that I knew and liked and intellectually and even volitionally and emotionally assented to, but it, it sort of brought the breadth of it. Like, Oh, this isn't just like, this is it like, this is all yeah. there is. And, and in some ways, if like the rest of my life has been chasing that that how how can I experience God's presence in that same way and i and i have i have you know through music i have, I've experienced through God's word, I've experienced it in solitude, you know you talked about that moment where you're driving to church the or driving to work the first time after you left Christian and you're singing yours like like those are those amazing moments where we we experience the weight and the breadth and the depth and the beauty and the largeness of God, and so I love that the first time I really experienced that was. With an acoustic guitar, sitting with thirty of my friends on a mission trip in Mexico, it's it's that's pretty special. I mean, obviously special. I still remember it twenty years later. I mean that like yeah. that was it. That was that was the moment. Um, and so I love that, you know, it works both ways. That music can bring us into that experience for the first time, or the experience we already have of worshiping God with our entire lives can augment and magnify what what we have through music. So I've always been passionate about singing songs to Jesus, just because it 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 engages kind of like you were talking about with Hamilton, like it engages our emotions and it engages our creativity, but also engages our, our minds with the lyrics. And you know so in that moment we're just singing songs and we're really thinking about the lyrics and we're just moved and the music swells and all those things you know like portal starts playing, you get goosebumps. just it, it all happens in that one moment with a song, which again is a great, great gift that God has given us, and that he mm-hmm. chooses to reveal himself and he chooses to let us experience him. In a very special way, I think through music.
1: There's um the the story of Simeon in the New Testament in mm. in the Gospel of Luke. I, I love the, this this concept, and it's exactly I think what you were just saying. Where he's an old man and he's lived his whole life knowing the stories, knowing mm-hmm. about the the academic, you know, presence of God, the yeah. academic promises of God, and and he has this this word from God that yeah, look, I'm not going to die before I see the Messiah. And I think it's, I'm looking here, Luke chapter two, verse 27, moved by the spirit, he went to the temple courts and the parents brought in the child Jesus to do what the custom of the law required. So they went to go get him, you know, blessed and, you know, baby dedication dime. And Simeon saw this child and he took him in his arms and he praised God saying, sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace Mm -hmm. for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. And the glory of your people, Israel. And it, it's just this amazing moment where Simeon has gone from that he's broken through that threshold of I've I've talked about this. I've yeah. believed in this, but now I am beholding this. Like mm-hmm. now I am experiencing this. There, there it's no longer just theoretical, it's no longer just on paper. Um, it is now in my hands. It's now yeah. like I'm I'm now looking at it. And I think that that when you have that first moment where it's not just I'm singing the words that are on the wall I'm singing we're singing about someone but um, but we're singing to someone mm-hmm. uh, and there there's a there's a line and, and I, the song that it comes from escapes me you might know but um, in, in in a moment of kind of freestyle uh, impromptu improvisational worship um, the the word is spoken I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room mm. I want to look right at you and I want to sing right to you. Mm. And, uh, boy, it's so easy for us to kind of check off the list in a church service of, well, this is the time that we sing about Jesus, and it kind of gets us in that right emotional place. Mm -hmm. And you know as well as I do, if we're going to be real, a good worship leader can completely dictate the ebb and flow of the way that room feels and position people wherever they want to. Yeah. But— when there's that real genuine experience of the presence of God, there is nothing that can compete with that. There's nothing that can compare with that. I don't, I'm not even talking about that on a, on a Pentecostal level. I'm not talking about <laughs> holler <hooting>, hollering, <laughs> running, or speaking in tongues or anything like that. ribbon I just mean <sighs> that, that genuine intimacy. When Tony
0: of, grabs the flag and waves it around, running up and down the aisle, that's... First off, if I'm running up and down the aisle, you
1: know it's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I don't run for nobody. <laughs> I am a slow man.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's 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 why I'm always, you know, encouraged, challenged by passage like this, is just that what am I doing? How am I setting myself up to have that experience? Because it doesn't just happen. I mean, it could just happen. God could break open the heavens and be like, oh, like I'm experiencing God. But for the most part, I have to cultivate a lifestyle. I have to do my part to kind of till the soil to create space and environments to really experience that mm-hmm. and yeah. and so when I'm leading worship, it really is like what's the where where's my heart at like like is there some unconfessed sin that I'm carrying with me into a worship service that's going to keep me from really fully just Kind of like Dave, like unashamedly just worshiping God. Like, what's on my mind? Like, am I stressed out about something? Have, you know, have I even thought about God this week outside of the context of work? And and so just that, what am I doing to cultivate a lifestyle that allows me to wholeheartedly worship God with everything that I do? And look at
1: the difference between David and Michael. I mean, David was the kid that was out in the field that worshiped God because God was all he had. Yeah, Michael, arguably... She had always grown up in the palace. Uh-huh. Like to her, the her royal identity mm. was an extremely important thing. For David to take off his royal garment was insulting. It was yeah. like, well, don't you understand how important this is? Don't you understand? And and David is saying, don't you how, understand how important he is? Yeah. Like your your priorities are out of whack, Chica. Like I know that that's all you've ever known, but let me tell you, when all you have is you know the the, the staff in your hand, uh, the grass under your feet, the sheep all around you, and the Lord that you you realize what's important and she just she couldn't get past her own identity she couldn't get past David's identity she couldn't get past the circumstantial things and and boy that's when you talk about have I even put into uh, anything into this beyond i mean that's so convicting especially as a minister because mm. it's it's very damning to hear that we can be all about God's stuff all week long and God is completely irrelevant yeah. to that equation.
0: Yeah. It's like I'm working with God instead of working for God. I'm singing yeah. about God instead of singing to God. That, that's, those little prepositions make yeah. such a yeah. big difference in, yeah. in, in our lives. And, you know, I think – and so that's why I just say for anybody listening is, like, what are you – I would just you can play off what you said to me. Like, what are you doing to – so your life isn't about God, but your life is with God? That mm-hmm. it's not just the intellectual ascent, but it's just the volitional, the will, the heart – that it, it's not about what we know or, or say about God, but it's what we say to God. It's just kind of, I mean, just, yeah, the way you said, you know, don't talk about me like I'm not in the room. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. right. Like, God's there. And so we yeah. just have a conversation about God or we're going to have a conversation with God.
1: And, and I don't want my position as a pastor to... Make To fool me into the uh, assumptive place that like, oh, well, then it's good, like, because I'm a pastor, because (laughs) I'm a professional. (laughs) God, calm down. I'm a professional at this. Yeah. (laughs) Like, take it easy, man. And and that somehow that because of my position, it it replaces my passion. Yeah.
0: And I think that, I don't know, we're both pastors, so I don't want to speak— for anybody who's not, but I think that's one of the, that's, for me, that's a struggle that I have, that it's so easy to be about God's business than to actually be with God, that yeah. it's just, it's that, it's just how he's like, oh yeah, I'm doing all this stuff for God, I work at a church, I spend all my day at the church, I'm doing all this stuff for God, where God's like, well, yeah, but have you been with me? <laughs> and have...
1: Jesus says,
0: I never knew you. Yeah. Like, what? It's like, hey, goat, come on, like, come come <laughs> sit down, like, spend some time with yeah. me and it's not even and we're not even Martha's because Martha was doing stuff for Jesus who was right there like we're Pharisees you know like Martha Aww. gets a Martha gets a bad rap she was just doing something she's like hey you're Mary, Mary chose the good thing but at least Martha you're around Jesus and you have a good heart like we're just Pharisees we're just going through the motions or it can feel like that sometimes yeah, say,
1: man, you're, you're really you must really feel guilty because you're laying it on
0: thick <laughs> No, I, I, I just I know where I've been in the past and I know I don't want to get back to those yeah. places Because I know, because because the 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 width is is better than the about, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what I want my life to be about. That's what I want my life to be with.
1: (laughs) And that starts before the microphones turn on. You know, that really that starts before the live stream hits. That starts before the the lights come on. And, you know, you got to pre preload that stuff, man.
0: And that's and, and just for somebody who's just going to church, that starts before you're in service on Sunday. The, yeah. the best don't, way... don't make
1: the don't make the worship pastor be your pep rally don't make them yeah. prime the pump for you
0: yeah the best way to get the most out of it and we hear it all the time working in church well I just that that didn't speak to me today I didn't get anything out of it well you know you could do some work beforehand if, if you did the work <laughs> beforehand you might get a little bit more out of it
1: yeah warm up before you exercise man yeah
0: exactly all right hey
1: Tony thanks yeah, for recording the podcast with me. Yeah, you know it's good to, good to be back hanging out with you, man. It's been a long time, and uh, I'm excited that our Nerdy Godcast is coming back. But uh, but this is a this is a special time for me too, man. It really is encouraging and refreshing for me uh, to to talk with you and to uh, to be able to share the things that we share about ministry and about creativity, and uh, just to geek out together, man. I, I appreciate this time and I appreciate you very much.
0: Thanks, all the same. Back to you.
1: Yeah, but Is that, are, are you Are you a better person
0: because you said all the yeah. nice things? I'm like, yeah, ditto, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, yes, ditto, <laughs> sure. Back at you, cowboy. But I really uh, appreciate you, too. I do appreciate you, Tony. If I didn't, I would stop recording podcasts with you. <laughs> I would stop texting you or talking to you or texting you out of the pool. like, hey, I miss you, man. Okay, whatever. I... <laughs> That's great, man. You, t- you too, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, a Han Solo deal, you're like, I know,
0: I know. Hey, that's the best thing you can do. Hey, Tony, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Man, I'm glad that you asked, Scott. They can check out uh, the show, The Nerd of Godcast, at Nerd of God across all the social medias at nerdofgodcast.com, or you can find me at It's Me, Tony T on Twitter, or the T-O-N-Y-T pretty much everywhere else. How about you, Scott, if people want to hang out with you and high-five you?
0: Uh, you can check out com. have all your Christian nerd needs met, <clears throat> which is a weird thing to say. Vince brought it up. He's like, I don't have any Christian nerd needs. I'm like, well, just go to the website. Uh, Everyone has
1: Christian nerd needs. You're just not looking hard enough.
0: I, I have all those needs to perform and get. If loved. you
1: got a problem, yo, he'll solve it.
0: Check out. No, don't. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Heeger at Christian underscore nerd. And I would love to interact with you in next year, animated, whimsical, whimsical, animated gifts.
1: Yeah. Well, either works. It works either way.
0: Uh, yeah. I always, though, though, if I, I, I. I don't want to feel compelled. I don't feel like I have to send you a GIF. I just want to send you words, and I want that to be enough. Maybe an emoji? Maybe an emoji, but okay. always if, like three emojis. Because if I feel oh, like well, I'm going to send – so this is the way I view it. Anytime I use an exclamation point, I always put three. So if I'm going to put one, I might as well put three. And it's the same way with emoji. If I'm going to put one, I might as well put three.
1: And anytime you say LOL, you throw an extra L at the beginning. Literally like laughing out loud. Like, like llama, LOL. Like, I know. Well, like because, well,
0: because people always put LOL when they don't actually laugh out loud. Like, like ha L. Like I put ha. Like, how people use LOL when I respond to you and I say ha, that's that's like, oh, yeah, that was funny. But it's like I,
1: when you say something witty and someone's like, that's so funny. It's like, if it's funny, laugh.
0: <laughs> exactly. That was a great episode of Scrubs. <laughs> that is, uh, that is so, so funny. That's so funny. But if I actually laugh out loud, I'll put... L-L-O-L, to let you know gotcha. I'm literally laughing out loud.
1: So now we know more about the thought process of Mr. Scott Higa.
0: Mostly, well, it's just because when I was a youth pastor, students would put L-O-L after literally everything. It's like, that's not even a joke. What? That's not funny. Like, I wasn't trying to make you laugh. I was sharing with you something deep from my heart. You know, like, L-O-L. Shut up.
1: Do, do you ever see the, the this the tweet that like the mom sent to her daughter yeah. saying just want to let you know grandma passed away this morning. LOL. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it meant lots
0: of love. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. Lots of love. Lots of love. Yeah. that grandma's dead. Hey, when's your when's your uh, you got a baby coming, man? August first is the due date for our baby, our son. Your your son you, you, you My have a name picked son. out already We do. I don't know if I've shared it on the internets yet. So we're oh, we're keeping okay. that Keep one. It... I think I I think I've shared honestly I think I've shared it with patrons for the Christian Nerd. So oh, well, they know?
1: <laughs> they know. Well, you know well, you're I'm, a patron. I'm I'm just saying it's not too late. It's not in stone yet. Tony is a very strong name it for is. a young man. It is. Even for a middle
0: name, just saying, throwing it out there? That's what I might need, Tony. I might need you to just all, you know, you just pick, you just do a rundown of a show. You pick whatever segments you want from my show. You send it to me. I'll splice it together, and I will have an episode of The Christian Nerd brought to you by guest-hosted by the Tony T. And you yeah, can just man. do what I do. Just talk to yourself for 25 minutes.
1: So, like, do that when your child is born? Yeah, so I just, have, get yeah, you I just little... have
0: one locked in. So I just maybe take, like, one one episode off.
1: This and is a te- very special
0: paternity week.
1: <laughs> we're putting the, putting the old boy on leave. Well, I was going to invite you. We're coming up on our 100th episode, which I know is old hat for you, but we only put an episode out every other week. So, uh, But our 100th proper episode, we're going to be doing a live episode with an audience. So if you need to get out of the house because things are going crazy over there and uh, little baby Higos are driving you crazy, come to Orlando, Florida on Tuesday, October 8th. We're going to be doing the Nerd of 100th episode. Spectacular, spectacular. Tuesday, um, October 8th. Tuesday, October 8th. I know it's a weird time, so we're going to have some fun, have some prizes, or maybe at the very least you can call in.
0: What I really need – so now – so I have a place to stay at your house. Yeah. Jackie works at Disney World. So basically, I need to get a plane ticket and food, and then my family can go to Disney World.
1: Surely someone from your church has someone who works for some airline somewhere.
0: I just want to hook hook the Higas up. The Trip same. to Orlando. Let's take your two-month-old to the <laughs> sweltering heat of Central Florida. On October 8th, is it going to be sweltering?
1: It'll be. Uh, that's when October's when it gets okay. And here we are, ending the episode. Talking about the
0: And it just all comes back.
1: That's right. It is a recurring motif right here yep. on a very musical it's our episode late of The motif. Christian Urt of God. That's, my, that's, that's
0: one of my favorite parts in the office is when they go see Andy's. Musical and Daryl's like, no, no, you got to pay attention because if we don't know what the themes are, we won't pick them you up. You won't recognize.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, good. Oh, like, dropping the wine bottle and just having it
0: roll <laughs> and roll and roll. That that's an underrated awkward episode because when it's the phone's painful. ringing and Andy's oh. like, <gasps> "Methinks a bird." Yeah. Is t- <laughs> oh my gosh, so bad. oh Yeah. All right, hey Tony. Yeah, Scotty. Goodbye, Tony goodbye scott (laughs) goodbye internet
1: (laughs) he is literally laughing out loud right now you guys
0: literally